to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today, I'll be your host. Today, we are talking about the NFC West. I'll be talking about each team in this division, and then I'll ultimately be picking the winner of this division. I'll also be talking about the rookies here. I know that they've just finished up the preseason in the NFL, so I want to go ahead and just recap a little bit about some of the top rookies. I've actually picked out a rookie that is a surprise pick that not a lot of people are probably talking about, but I think they will talk about as the season goes along. So I have video of that courtesy of Madden 2024. And uh, before we actually jump into the content, let me first and foremost thank the fans out there who have actually uh, listened to the show and actually helped us drive content to the show. Let me go ahead and thank Anchor and uh, Spotify for being our platform you can go ahead and follow us on the links below in the show notes. You can also follow us here on YouTube uh, at Real Talk Sports uh, with Rico. And then I want to go ahead and thank the sponsors out there who have put sponsorship on the show, guys. So without further ado, um, now that we've done the house cleaning stuff, let's go ahead and actually jump right into the content. And I want to start off with the NFC West. Um, with the NFC West, I think that this is going to be a division that – uh, is really going to be a, a two-team race for the most part. Um, I expect that this is actually going to return back to the dominance of the defense that it once was between the 49ers and Seattle, which, by the way, this would be a rematch of the wild card. Those are my two picks for this division. But let us go ahead and break it down team by team, and let us start off here with the San Francisco 49ers and Brock Purdy. Um, obviously, the 49ers have made a move trading off Trey Lance, and we'll definitely be talking about that here in a future show. But, you know, Brock Purdy is the most famous Mr. Irrelevant player right now. And, you know, essentially, <clears throat> he played so good that San Francisco had to reevaluate what they had done with Trey Lance. Um, totally understand that it is a business and it is Brock Purdy's job. I think that if San Francisco were healthy last year, if he were in the lineup, there's no question that I think a lot of people feel like that San Francisco would have been back into the Super Bowl for a rematch with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the way that they were rolling, he had won all five starts. There's not a throw that Brock Purdy cannot make. He also can use his legs as well. He seems to be a guy that he's leaps and heads abound as far as reading coverages in the NFL. You know, I think that that's where a lot of young quarterbacks generally struggle as far as, you know, progressively going through reads and things like that. But I think he does a terrific job in doing that. And in this offense where it's predicated off the run, Brock Purdy has been perfect for them. If he's healthy, San Francisco certainly goes further than what they did last year. Um Next up here, uh, another player to talk about is Christian McCaffrey. So talk about that running back room. They have Elite, uh, Elijah Mitchell, excuse me, and then they have Christian McCaffrey. Now, Christian McCaffrey is dynamic when he plays, but when he is not in the game, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough for his teams generally. And that's what happened to Carolina. I think that they just ran into a standpoint where, where they were like, look, you know, 60, 70% of the offense was going through Christian McCaffrey when he was there. Um, you know, in San Francisco, it's a little bit more of a safety net because they have 
uh, Elijah Mitchell. They have Mason. Um, they have um, Davis Pierce in here. So, I mean, the running back room has always been huge in San Francisco. Now, the question is, with Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, who they are very high on, Elijah Mitchell was actually the, the running back one last year. Um, and then when you look at the, uh, I think, the splits and stuff like that with the carries, they were actually pretty equal, believe it or not. Uh, you know, even though Christian McCaffrey is definitely established in this league, the 49ers are very, very high on um, on Elijah Mitchell. Now, the question is, can Elijah Mitchell stay healthy? Um, if Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, you might be looking at one of the best duo running backs in all the NFL. These guys are going to rack up a lot of yards. They're extremely good at catching the football out of the backfield. And in a lot of ways, they can line up at the wide receivers and uh, wide receiver slots and actually create mismatches with cornerbacks as well. Um, not only can they run in between the tackles, they can go outside and catch balls as well. So I think that, again, you're looking at the most dynamic running back crew in the league if they can stay healthy. Um, but like I said, this is something that Coach Shanahan likes to do. He likes to run the football a lot. They're very high on Elijah Mitchell. Next up, you have the wide receivers for the 49ers, and it starts with Debo Samuels. Debo Samuels is probably the hardest running wide receiver I have ever saw in any national football game in any era. I mean, the way he competes and finishes runs is spectacular. I can remember back about a couple years ago uh, before they lost in the NFC Championship game to the Rams. Yeah, I believe that was the year that the Rams won the Super Bowl. It was a fourth and I believe five or six in Green Bay and San Francisco needed to convert. And literally Debo Samuels took it on one of those jet sweeps or something like that. And I mean, he literally carried guys for about eight yards to get the first out. I've never, I mean, just that physicality that you get with Debo Samuels is incredible. So, I mean, if Debo Samuels is right, and I think he is going to be this year, I think he's going to have an up year this year. Um, I think you can expect for him to get a lot more loose in, in the passing game this year. I think Brock Purdy is going to spread it out there. Uh, expect him to play a lot better in that down year. And another guy that a lot of people are not talking about is Brandon Ayuk. I think Brandon Ayuk came back uh, after having a little bit of a slump the year before, but I think Brandon Ayuk is going to have a breakout year. And when I look down this, this, this wide receiver chart, I love the fact that they still have Willie Sneed here and they still have Anthony Miller. Those are two guys that were actually pretty good in their respective teams. Anthony Miller with the Chicago Bears at one point. Willie Sneed was a very good wide receiver for the Saints and then also, too, had some down years with the Texans, but very experienced. The tight end position, still one of the best tight ends in the league. They have George Kittle here. If George Kittle is healthy, this guy is as good as Travis Kelsey, the way he actually is able to pretty much take any route to the house. Here's a guy that he can go deep as a tight end. He can also go over the middle as well. And the run after catch is extraordinary with George Kettle. George Kettle is a must for this offense to be uh, healthy. They have one of the best offensive linemen, starting with Trent Williams here. Uh, Trent Williams, a 13-year vet, coming over from Washington at some point here. 
Um, but he's been spectacular for San Francisco. Talked about how Coach Shanahan and these guys like to run the football. It starts with Trent Williams up front. The defensive side of the ball, Nick Bosa. Uh, I know Nick Bosa is actually in a little bit of a contract dispute. As of this show, I don't think he signed just yet. Uh, but they are going to need Nick Bosa over here. Nick Bosa is a huge, huge, huge point to this defense, uh, especially if they're going to return back. Javon Hargrove, I think this might have been one of the best signs in free agency. I felt like the rich got richer. He's coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles. You're looking at his rating here. Look at what they have inside with Armstead. You have Hargrave. This is one of the best defensive fronts in all the NFL, and that's San Francisco and what they have. Um, next up, we cannot talk about the 49ers defense without talking about Fred Warner. I think Fred Warner is, I think you could argue, might be one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in all the NFL as well. The way he commands uh, the defense, the way he's able to call out coverages, and he's also very good and terrific at covering as well. And so that's something that a lot of people don't really pay attention to with Fred Warner. Not only is he terrific at getting to the ball carrier um, and then also to creating opportunities to get sacks, but he's terrific in coverage as well. Um, so San Francisco's defense is going to be very strong. Um, you know, looking at what they have on the outside linebacker here with Jerry Greenlow, um, you're looking at the corners, starting with Charvarius Ward. Uh, very, very talented here. They have Isaiah Oliver as well. Um, and then they have uh, Lenar as well, who comes in on their third cornerback position, and he's very strong too. Um, another guy that I really like coming out of the free safety here, this guy reminds me a lot of Troy Palomalo, and it's funny that he actually, yeah, he played at USC as well. But if you ever get a chance to look at a San Francisco 49ers defense, you definitely want to check out this guy here. Um, I'm not even sure how you say his name. I don't want to butcher it, but this guy, he reminds me so much of Palomalo, and I, I love the way he plays. He's flying around the football, uh, comes up in terrific and run support, and he also is a ball-hawking safety as well. So I think he's going to be incredible to watch. I just feel like the San Francisco defense and their offense – are going to take them inevitably back to the NFC Championship game. Next up, we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seattle Seahawks were a very, very surprising team. When I thought about Seattle last year, just like everybody else, I thought that it was going to be a rebuild. And it was a surprise starting with this man right here, Geno Smith. I remember when Geno Smith was drafted out of West Virginia um, 10 years ago to the Jets, and I think he got thrust into a situation where, um, and this is kind of what's going to happen probably to, you know, Richardson, to Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. It's a tough situation, man, when you get drafted into a team that uh, needs help in a lot of different ways, and I think that that's what Geno ran into, and his career didn't really take off the way a lot of people thought. Uh, you know, he a lot of people thought he was a bust, I'm really glad to see that Geno hung in there. He won the job, and then he went out there and performed, became the most improved player, excuse me, of the year. And when you look at Geno Smith, he actually led in QB efficiency as well. 
and not just QB efficiency, but I think he was up there in the top five as far as yards down the field. So it's not like Geno Smith actually went and dinked and dunked the ball down the field. He actually opened it up, which that is a little bit of what Russell Wilson was doing before he left and when they were successful. And what they were able to do as well is they were able to find a running game. And it started with Kenneth Walker the third. If Kenneth Walker the third were healthy, there's a chance that they might have uh, possibly skate by the San Francisco 49ers in that wild card game. But I love the fact that Pete Carroll and the staff went out there and they got them some insurance here with a young man out of UCLA, Zach Chardonnay. Um, here's another guy that's a physical runner. And to me, this is a lot of what Pete Carroll loves to do. If you think about what Pete Carroll won with at the US in USC, he had two good running backs, right, with Reggie uh, Bush and he had Liddell White. This is probably the best tandem of running backs that Pete Carroll has had in the NFL with Kenneth Walker III and Zach Chardonnay. And I love that the fact that they have DJ Dallas still on this roster. DJ Dallas is a very serviceable guy. If you're playing fantasy football, if for any intensive purposes these two guys go out – DJ Dallas can certainly fill in the role and be big time for them. So I like the running game that they have built around Geno Smith to ensure that he's going to have a good year. Now, at the wide receiver uh, standpoint for Seattle, they're solid again. Tyler Lockett, you know, he pretty much is a deep threat, but he also has developed a little bit more as a, a intermediate route runner, which I think is huge um, for Geno Smith. You already know what DK Metcalf does. Um, but I, I think that really the key is going to be their third wide receiver here coming out of OSU. And the question here, um, and I know he's coming off a hand injury here with Jackson Smith. Is he going to be able to step in and do a lot of the things that he was able to do in college? And I think for the most, the most part, what they're going to need from him is they're going to need to have some ball security. Uh, if he is able to, simply be able to go down catch a lot of these uh over the middle throws and i'm talking about the five to six yard curls things like that as well and really give geno smith a little bit more of a safety blanket i think that he has a chance to really have a good year especially if tyler lockett and dk madcalf are stretching the field and then also too you got to think about the play action fake is probably going to be there if the running game is there which I think is going to be there between Kenneth Walker and Zach Chardonnay. Um, I like that they have brought this man over from OSU. I think he's going to be okay. I know he is coming off a little bit of a minor hand issue, but they do expect that he'll be back in either week one or week two. Uh, in the meantime, they do have Dwayne El Elkridge, who played pretty well last season there. Um, and moving forward, looking at their tight end position, Noah Faint. Noah Faint and Will Disley, who actually – Started for them last year um, when Noah Faint was out. Noah Faint actually was one of the better tight ends in the league. He actually came over in the Drew Luck deal. And I think he's going to get a lot of looks. As mentioned, I think that the wide receiving core has been improved with Seattle. Um, and I think he's going to get a lot of looks. Both of these tight ends, actually. On the defensive end, they brought back Bobby Wagner, which I think was huge for them. They get him back uh, in the middle of the field. 
And I think that Seattle's defense is very much like it was um, when it was the Legion of Boom, right? When they had Bam Bam Cam Chancellor back there, um, you know, they had Richard Sherman back here, Wagner. Like they, they have basically revamped this defense up, and it's a lot younger version of that. But these guys flew around the football, had these guys in fantasy football. It was one of the top um, ranking defenses there, and mainly their corners who were actually in year one, year two, they're very, very stingy. I mean, they created a lot of turnovers last year. Um, you know, they have guys like this in the middle linebacker position. Look at this. I mean, they have Jordan Brooks. They have Wagner. Uh, they have Bush over here. And you can see the ratings too as well, courtesy of Madden 2024. You can see how talented this defense is, right? Looking over here at what they have at the right outside linebacker, you know, Tariq uh, Woolen here was terrific last year and his rookie season created a lot of turnovers. Weatherspoon was right there with them. Uh, these guys are ball hawking cornerbacks. And because they're so good, they're able to play a lot of that man to man coverage that Seattle likes to play. They like to pressure you. Uh, it's tough when you're up there with the 12th man. I expect for these guys to be a playoff team again. Um, I love the fact that they do have Jamal Adams back. He's looking pretty good. Um, this is his first action, I believe, since he tore his quad last year. I think that's what happened to him. Um, hopefully they can keep him on the on the field. Um, but this defense is going to be super talented. I expect for them to be in the top of this division again, um, fighting for the top of the division. Next up. It's probably the bottom of the division here looking at the Arizona Cardinals. So Kyler Murray, you know, he tore his knee on the nine contact situation. This is going to be Colt McCoy's job for a while. Um, I'm not sure what the timetable is looking like for Kyler Murray. But even if he were in this uh, starting this season, Arizona has so many holes. Uh, James Conner, he's very serviceable as a running back. Great years at Pittsburgh, had some pretty good years in his first years with Arizona. Uh, but I, I think that this is going to be a down year because I think that Arizona has so many holes. They don't have very good wide receiver play. Um, the death behind James Conner is skeptical. Um, and when you think about that, James Conner has missed a lot of time. And if he misses a lot of time, I'm not sure that, you know, Marlon Mack, or uh, Clement there are going to be able to step up. Marquise Brown, a guy who had a good season last year coming over from Baltimore but tore up his foot. Um, I think a lot of people are really expecting that um, Rondell Moore actually will be the better number one in this offense uh, versus um, Marquise Brown. They do have Zach Hill or Zach Pascal, excuse me, coming over from Indianapolis. He had some okay years with Indianapolis but nothing that really stood out um you know obviously he's coming over to a different situation perhaps maybe this situation will open it up a little bit more but I think that Indianapolis was probably looking for a bit more from Zach Pascal uh but they didn't necessarily get it there but sometimes you know situations get changed things open up but the one guy that I am circling here in this wide receiver core is right here Greg Dortch. I watched Greg Dortch last year when this receiving core pretty much was down to the bare bones because uh, Hopkins was out with the suspension. 
Marquise Brown was out with the foot injury. And I think even Ronald, uh, yeah, Rondell Moore was out with the hamstring and Pascal wasn't there. But this guy, Greg Dorch, I mean, this guy can really fly, number one. Number two, he makes tough, contested catches. And he's he's a five-year guy coming out of Wake Forest. I think that he's going to have a breakout year. I really do. I, I don't care who's under center. I think that Greg Dorch is going to have a breakout year. So if you're playing fantasy football, keep an eye on Greg Dorch. I think he's going to have a, an outstanding year. Tight end position. Okay, they have McBride and they have Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz had been injury prone. He did have a resurgence in his career last season. Uh, McBride, a lot of people feel like that this young man uh, is a lot like Zach Ertz, but younger. Um, Didn't really get a chance to see the consistency in that. Might see a little bit more, especially if Zach Ertz is out. Uh, McCoy could actually have to go and use a little bit more tight end play this year. Um, As far as the defense is concerned, a lot of holes on defense for Arizona. The one bright spot that they have is Buda Baker at the safety position, but the defense for Arizona is probably going to be their worst point. Um, you know, they've lost Watt. Uh, I believe they've lost Patterson as well. Like this te- this defense is depleted, and I expect for them to give up a lot of points. And offensively, they're probably going to struggle a little bit too uh, because Colt McCoy is the starting quarterback as well. Um, so moving on, um, we got Isaiah Simmons here. Uh, the other safety as well is a bright spot for them. But you know, like I said, Arizona is going to struggle. Next up, another team that is probably likely to struggle here in this division, and that's the Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford, man, this is about the lowest I've seen Matthew Stafford ranked in Madden. But, man, Matthew Stafford, is, is he's a little bit older now. And I think the bottom line is that the Rams went all in for that Super Bowl. And now that that Super Bowl is won, now you're starting to see where the Rams are hurting. You know, whether it was draft picks, whether it was players getting older, whether they've had to make some tough trades and things like that with Jalen Ramsey, couldn't get Odell Beckham back like this team. They're in trouble this year. All right. They're talking about, you know, what they're going to do from a quarterback position. Um A lot of people felt like Bennett coming out of Georgia was going to be the future here. I'm not sure about that. Um, I think they got Brett Ripken there. I think his uncle or or whatever used to play for Washington back in the day. So, I mean, they got to try to figure out what they're going to do uh, from the quarterback position moving forward. Um, But I, I just think that, you know, Matthew Stafford is not going to be able to sit back here and throw the football 30, 40, 50 times, and then, you know, the Rams are going to win. In the running back situation with Cam Akers here, you see him, he's the he's the starting running back. I don't like it. Cam Akers hasn't, very, or hasn't been consistent as a pro, can't stay in the lineup. Um, and then there was one part where it was super weird where I think that they had benched him, and it was almost like they were going to trade him. So – I'm not really sure what they're doing from the running back situation. Uh, I know that they have Royce Freeman here on the roster. It just looks like if Cam Akers goes down, this is probably the worst running back room that I've ever seen uh, with the Rams here in the last four or five years. Um, Not really sold on it at all. Moving over to the wide receivers, starting with Cooper Cub. Now, after Cooper Cub had that legendary season, he got hurt. 
Um, now this is his his what second major surgery I think that Cooper Cub has had, and so I expect for him to kind of maybe slow down. He still is going to be dominant, but other than Cooper Cub, you have Van Jefferson, which really wasn't consistent. Um, they have Tutu Atwell, who I think is the surprise over here. I think Tutu Atwell played very well last season for the Rams. I think he's going to be very good this year. Uh, Demarcus Robinson coming over here um, in his seventh season out of Florida is going to round out the top three in the wide receiving core. Um, not sure if you're going to get a whole bunch of consistency there. Like I said, I'm really high on Tutu Atwell. Um, and I'm also high on this young man, too, as well. I think that he had some some upside as well. Um, I think that I don't know if that was more just um, he was the beneficiary of just the fact that when Matthew Stafford went down, they just aired it out. And these guys were the only two guys left. I mean, we're going to find that out. But I think that they did show enough promise to show that they actually might be uh, very serviceable behind Cooper Cup. Uh, as far as tight end is concerned, they do have Tyler Higby, who is actually probably a top 10 tight end in this league. Um, when he's healthy, he can be a top five. But the question about Higby is, can he stay healthy? Uh, but I think he's going to be used a lot. In a lot of ways, he's actually been wide receiver two in this offense. On the defense, it starts with Aaron Donald. Um, Aaron Donald is still one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, tough guy. I think he single-handedly turned the switch in that Super Bowl against the Bengals. But aside from Aaron Donald, this defense is really going to struggle. I mean, yes, they have Ernest Jones here in the middle linebacker position. They have John Johnson at the free safety position. And then they have John Fuller playing the safety. But they really don't have very good corners. Uh, they don't have a very good uh, middle linebackers at all they don't have very good outside or, or right side linebackers too this is very much a rebuilding defense and i expect for the rams to get they're going to get scored on heavily a lot like the arizona cardinals and i think that the offenses for both of those teams have diminished so much over the last two years i just don't think that they're going to be able to manufacture enough points to really stay up there um so with that being said you know, I think that the bottom line is it's going to come down to the San Francisco 49ers and it's going to come down to the Seattle Seahawks. And I put that video up on the screen here. If you're watching the podcast, I think likely this is going to be for the division right here. You know, I just think that when you look at San Francisco, San Francisco is returning back everybody. And they did get Hardgrove over there as well to go ahead and up that defense. Once they take care of Bosa and get him back in the building, the defense is going to be incredible. The only question for the 49ers is going to be health. You know, you're looking at Brock Purdy, 13 TDs, only four interceptions, 1,374 yards. Phenomenal last year. He won all five of his starts. The kid can play. And obviously, they wouldn't have traded Trey Lance if they didn't believe he could play. They have one of the most potent running games in all of football. Um, they have one of the toughest wide receivers and probably the one that gets the most yak or yards after catch, Debo Samuels. They have one of the most up-and-coming wide receivers with Brandon Ayuk. They have one of the most talented tight ends 
in, in Kettle. But the question is the health, right? Is, is McCaffrey, can he stay healthy? Can Kettle stay healthy? Debo Samuels, he lost time last year. Purdy lost time. That was what was really critical to the San Francisco is the health standpoint. If they can stay healthy, then I think very much they can go ahead and they can win this division. And not only win this division, I expect for them to be in the NFC championship game. On the other side of the ball, Seattle, Seattle is quietly coming back into its own. Like we're starting to see the Seattle Seahawks of, I'm talking about, again, their Super Bowl runs, like the 2012s, the 2013s, the 2014s with Marshawn Lynch and uh, Russell Wilson and, and, and Mike Baldwin at wide receiver, uh, Percy Harvey at wide receiver like they are starting to build that kind of continuity with the offense first and foremost I think Geno Smith it was perfect for him to be there uh, the year before Russell Wilson got traded so he got a chance to learn the terminology understand what Russ saw out there and I think he took that to heart into that that last season and I think you're going to see the evolution of that kind of go this year you know, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. They gave him the bag this offseason. And I expect for Geno Smith to take another step forward. And what I love about Seattle is that they went out and drafted him another wide receiver. Uh, we talked about the young man from Ohio State. And then they also went out and got him another running back in Chardonnay. So he has two talented running backs behind him. Three, if you count DJ Dallas. The wide receiving core is intact. And I think that this offense is going to be lethal. And the one thing that I love about uh, both of these teams is that they try to win on first and second down to make it a manageable third down. That's all that these teams are predicated on. And they do a terrific job as far as making sure that they're looking at, you know, the third and fours, third and threes versus, you know, third and eights, uh, third and sevens. Uh, maybe a third and 10, like they, they do a great job in avoiding the negative plays and they do a good enough job in selling the play action fakes to where they can get you with some big, uh, big shot plays down the field. So it's not like that. They're just kind of grinding you out as well. Um, and with Seattle defensively, I've talked about what they have bringing back Wagner, right? That's going to be one of their strong points is going to be the linebacker play. You just saw a good stuff right there on McCaffrey. If you're watching the video, um, but then they have some of the most stingiest cornerbacks uh, in this division. And the difference between the two is if Seattle is able to turn over their ball like they were able to turn over at the start of the season and kind of in the midway, they slowed down at the end. But if they could turn it over late, you know, I'm talking about when when teams really when turnovers count even that much more when you're fighting for playoff position and things like that then Seattle could be a surprise. They could really be a surprise pick for uh, the NFC Championship game as well because I love that their defense travels. I love Geno Smith as a guy that is a veteran that knows how to uh, utilize the offense. He doesn't take a lot of sacks and negative plays here, so I like that about Geno Smith. And I, like I said, man, I, I think that it should be San Francisco winning this division uh, but those could those roles could flip flop. 
easily it could flip-flop. You know, it, it wouldn't shock me if Seattle were to pull something uh, out of the hat and, and get it done here. So next up, guys, we have talked about the NFC West. I've given you my prediction. Now we are going to talk about these NFL rookies. And to do so, I've actually brought out some video of that. And I'm going to start with a rookie that I think is probably going to be the MVP of rookies. I think he's going to make the most immediate impact. Um, and I'm starting with Bajon Robinson. I think that Bajon Robinson, which you're looking at right now, this would be uh, a practice here between them and the uh, Carolina Panthers. I think that Bajon Robinson is going to be huge in Atlanta. I talked about them in this division. There you see him cutting it up right there. He's going to have the ability to take this football, uh, get handoffs. I think he's going to be able to get an ability to get out in the open uh, space, catch balls just like that as well. I think he's going to be a mismatch uh, for any defense out there, linebacker or corner. And I love the fact that, you know, again, they have Drake London out there. Uh, they have one of the better tight ends, too, with Kyle Pitts. And I think Bajon Robinson is going to be a huge, 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 um, like just a huge impact player as a rookie. I don't think that they've had this type of running back since Turner was there. And I think Turner had come over from, I think, San Diego, I want to say. Um, but, yeah, they haven't had a, a good running back since then. Uh, another running back that kind of stuck out is, uh, what's his name, um, Jamal Anderson uh, from back in the day. Um Shoot, I think that they even had um, – gosh, I can't even think of my man that used to play for the Rams now. Um, ah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to me, guys. But he played for the Rams. He went over there for a year. It didn't work out. I remember um, also, too, they had uh, Stevenson that came over from the Rams, too. But Atlanta just really hasn't been able to find uh, a solid runner in some time. All right. And it's Ty Gurley who I was thinking about. So Ty Gurley played there in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, this is the first time. And I think you're actually going to see a running back that's going to stick in Atlanta for quite some time. So um, I think that this guy's played very well throughout the preseason. They did hold him out for the first, I want to say the first week, but then they turned him loose here this last week. But this is the guy I think is going to make an immediate impact. Next up, We'll bring it up. It's going to be Bryce Young. So you're looking at him in a practice situation right now. And I think that what you just saw right there, Bryce Young and his ability to get the football out quickly, his ability to kind of move the pocket, I think that that's going to be a plus for him. And he really emphasizes well. The issue with him is the impact. Is he going to be able to be able to take shots from these defenders and be able to keep going. I think that that's the one thing that a lot of people are wanting to know. But as far as him fitting it into windows and things like that, you're seeing that. You know, he has the ability to go ahead and I think kind of read every coverage. Now, I know it is a little bit different here in the NFL is a lot faster, but just like that, you want to see that he's going to be able to pop up after taking shots like that. Uh, I love the fact that he's shown that he does have the legs and stuff like that as well to kind of get outside the pocket and scramble. A guy that certainly looks like he has command of the offense as far as making adjustments and things like that. But as far as being a real impact player and saying that, okay, this guy is going to increase Carolina's winnings by, I don't know, another three or four games, 
I'm not sure about that. I don't think Carolina has put enough um, in place for him to be that type of impact player. I think that he's going to struggle and go through his growing pains. I just hope that it doesn't ruin him, right? Like, I hope that he's able to hang in there. I hope that Carolina doesn't, you know, give up on him too easily, but I think he's going to take a lot of licks here in year one. Speaking of players that are going to take a lot of licks, um, now here at C.J. Stroud. I think C.J. Stroud would be best if um, he actually sat behind Mills to start off his year. You, because there's so many holes on Houston's offense and defense. I think that C.J. Stroud might be in a worse situation than Carolina. Because I had mentioned that Carolina was almost in the playoffs last season. Houston was nowhere near that. Um, the running back situation is going to be pretty solid with Pierce, and they got Singletary over from Buffalo. The wide receiver standpoint is going to be pretty solid in time because they have Mitchie, um, you know, they've got Nico Collins over there, you know, and they've got another rookie as well that they've drafted. And they've also got Noah Brown from Dallas as well. Now, they're going to be solid over time. I don't think that this wide receiving core is quite ready to make noise just yet. Uh, Schultz might be the most polished pass catcher in this offense, but I think that it would it would actually be best for C.J. Stroud to sit uh, versus stardom. Uh, so that's just my personal opinion there. Next up, I'm going to bring you guys a rookie who I think is going to also make an immediate impact. And I think it's a rookie that a lot of people might want to circle on your fantasy football radar and a guy that I think could play a really huge role. He reminds me a lot of another player that I think is a Hall of Famer at one point, got a chance uh, to meet him as well. And that is Darren Scrolls. And I am talking about Deuce Vaughn. I think that Deuce Vaughn for the Dallas Cowboys here, I think he's going to be incredible. I, I, it's something about Deuce Vaughn and the way he runs the football, the way he's able to get his pad levels low and actually get through these, these uh, defenders and kind of get through the trash there. I think he's going to be fabulous. He's a great route runner. Um, you're looking at, you know, kind of, a little bit of what he can do as far as picking up pass blocking schemes and things like that. I believe his father is actually on the coaching staff as well. But yeah, I feel like Deuce Vaughn is going to be huge, man, because I'm not sure what Troy Pollard's going to do because now he's coming back. He did break his fibula. I don't know how quickly he's going to be in the fold of things, but Deuce Vaughn had an outstanding preseason. And in a lot of ways, he does what Troy Pollard does. He's a little bit smaller in stature, but I feel like that there is definitely room for him. I think Deuce Vaughn is going to be incredible this year. I think he is a, a steal, really, if you're looking for a rookie uh, running back to actually pick up here in the fantasy football. And uh, low-key, he could be an MVP as far as uh, rookies are concerned, as far as offensive rookies are concerned. So with that being said, guys, that is today's show. I wanted to go ahead and just, you know, recap what we talked about. We talked about the NFC West uh, and the preview there. I really think that San Francisco is going to win that division. We went ahead and talked about some of the rookies here. Uh, next week, I'll be talking about Anthony Richardson on the show. 
Um, and I'll also be talking about all of the ASC previews. So this next week's show is going to be a show before Thursday night football comes out because the season does start this Thursday, guys. So I promise you we're going to have another show that is going to drop and it is going to have all the AFC previews. It will also have the AFC preview games as well. And I'll be talking about Anthony Richardson and Trey Lance and that trade and how that's going to impact Dallas. But for the for the meantime, that is today's show. So I want to quickly go ahead and I want to thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank the sponsors out there for putting sponsorship on the show. I want to thank the fans out there who have actually chimed in on a week-to-week basis here to help us drive content to the show. You can go ahead and follow us in the links below in the show note. You can catch us on YouTube at Real Talk Sports with Rico. Until the next show, guys, this is Rico with Real Talk Sports. I'll see you guys on the next show. All right, take care.